Call from mom. Answer it. Call silenced. Instacart knows nothing gets between you and the game. That's why they make ordering from your couch easy. Stock up today and get all your groceries for the week delivered in as fast as 30 minutes without missing a minute of the game. You have 47 new voicemails. Download the app to get free delivery on your first three orders while supplies last. Minimum $10 per order. Additional terms apply. This episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Whether you love true crime or comedy, celebrity interviews or news, you call the shots on what's in your podcast queue. And guess what? Now you can call them on your auto insurance too with the Name Your Price tool from Progressive. It works just the way it sounds. You tell Progressive how much you want to pay for car insurance and they'll show you coverage options that fit your budget. Get your quote today at Progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law. Arch, I'm Scott Jagow, KMOX News. Now at your service. Welcome to the St. Louis Composting Garden Hotline with Mike Miller on the voice of St. Louis KMOX. Thanks, Scott, for the update on the news. Yes, thank you for stopping by. We'll be taking a good gardening stroll shortly, but right now, if you have any questions, concerns, or comments about your plant material, 314-436-7900 or 1-800-925-1120. This is Saturday morning, and we get together and have a discussion about what's impacting your yard, whether it's front, side, back, whether that was that specialty garden space that you uh, developed and were going to make it into an herb garden and just didn't work so well because you didn't make it so drained really well. And uh, how about the houseplants? Are you getting ready to get them inside? Well, it is getting very near the end of September, so you should probably get them in before too long, before the end of October for sure. So before Halloween. And uh, what is potting mix, by the way? And how do you improve your soil? And should you be pruning this time of year? And uh, how about that boxwood? Should you prune it now? Or uh, that barberry? Oh, I just hate to prune that barberry because it has all those thorns on it. And uh, hopefully uh, to make good decisions, I'll share my thoughts with you. But you'll solidify your options with the final judgment of the action you're going to take is going to be on your shoulders. And by the way, this is your show, and I appreciate you inviting me into your home, car, or wherever you happen to be listening. Another very important player is Ethan. Ethan's producing today. First time ever for doing the Garden Hotline. And he's growing, obviously. I mean, that's what this show's all about. I'm Mike Miller. I've been hosting the Garden Hotline since 1994. And I can come to your home and do a landscape consultation. And if you'd like for me to come... Uh, you can go to my website, get my phone number because I still don't. You know, I'm angry as heck, but uh, I don't have any internet connection. Except I do have some emails and all that other stuff that my wife's tablet. We go after it that way. But anyway, today after the show, I'm headed down to Oakville. So let's get moving. Today's stroll is brought to you by St. Louis Composting. Six three six eight six one three three four four. Keeping with tradition, the first Saturday after a seasonal change, as you know, last Thursday was the first day of fall. I take a tour to my yard. And, uh, oh, boy, well, last Wednesday it was like 98 degrees. It was unbelievable. The next day it was like, oh, my gosh, it was in the 60s. 
I'm surprised I'm still alive with that kind of you know temperature change and everything else. Well, starting on the east side of my house, which is uh, basically where the garage slash alley is, and uh, I have a bed along running along the garage and the alley is uh, milkweed and purple coneflower, and they've both finished flowering probably a well, probably over a month ago for sure, and now so they have seed heads they're there. And uh, probably I'll leave them another couple weeks because uh, the finches like the, especially the purple coneflower. But um, what, uh, then I'm going to go ahead and cut them back, and uh, I'll probably leave some of the seed heads and just get more some more plants. And what I do is I sneak around the neighborhood and I plant some of them that have germinated into the park and places like that to see what happens. Also in there, I don't know how this got in there, but bindweed is in there, so. When I start cutting back my purple coneflowers and uh, milkweed, I'm going to start finding out where the bindweed's coming from. <laughs> it's whiny and twining and everything else, and I'm going to be digging that out as well. In the backyard, there's our lawn and patio and a collection of potted plants. Potted plants include castor beans, elephant ears, cannas, and then a trellis that's filled with moonflowers. We have had a spectacular show of moonflowers this year. And I do like gazing balls. So a couple of the gazing balls in the backyard, I do have lights in them. So at night, about uh, 8, 8 o'clock or 8.30 or so, the lights come on and stay on for a couple hours. And then I also have a couple window boxes of juniper seedlings. And these are seedlings that I've dug up out of my yard, and they've been planted by bird dropping. So in other words, the birds are eating the juniper blueberries, then coming and hanging around my yard and... Uh, then going to the bathroom, and then there's a seedling. Actually, I, there's been a couple pine trees, too, so I don't know exactly how the pines happened. On the north side of the house, there's a mugle pine, boxwood, a false cypress, underplanted with uh, purple, uh, purple coral bells, hosta, a Japanese painted fern, and then sedum acre, as well as creeping jenny, or what I call yellow moneywort. And between the sidewalk and street, there's some sweet alyssum along with some sedum acre, and uh, that makes it kind of, uh, you know, a nice touch. There's pots at the doorways. We've got both of the doorways of our house on that side of the house, and there's going to be things from cannas to exotic uh, begonias, elephant ears, wandering Jews, which is Tradis cantia, and um, purple Wandering Jew, Jews as well as the ones that have the kind of the silvery stripe to them. And uh, this year we've uh, really planted quite a few, which I didn't realize that they were hardy, canna lilies. So I'm going to give them a shot and see what happens with them. Also, there's going to be more cannas and elephant ears and uh, some tropical sedum. That's going to be on the front of the house, and that's the part that faces Christie Park. And what I'm doing this year for the first time, I'm going to be experimental because the elephant ears just keep going and going and multiplying and multiplying. And I have a lot of them, so I planted several along the street, and I planted several between my house and uh, Pam's house, our neighbor. And I want them to, I'm just going to leave them in the ground. I'm going to mulch them and see if they can survive the wintertime because through the neighborhood, there's been quite a few yards that have had cannas that have survived the wintertime. I still don't leave my cannas out. I just I have them in pots. I just pull them up out of the ground. But I want to fool around with these elephant ears because I really have a herd of elephants with all of them. They're just all over the place. And uh, when I 
pull them out of the pots and shake all the potty mix off and cut the leaves off and put them in paper bags and bring them in the basement. It's getting to be a lot of bags to carry in the basement. And the three maple trees, which are street trees, they're sugar maples, the one is uh, already starting to turn color pretty, you know, pretty early for me. And that's the one that uh, actually has been root pruned by Spire. So when Spire needed to do a new gas line for us, they had to dig uh, probably diminished or de- <laughs> diminished or demolished, whichever you want to call it, uh, a major amount of the root system. And there's been some branches that have died off and everything else, but uh, also it's still a little bit under stress and it's already coloring and dropping quite a few leaves. So... Oh, boy, this has just been a, quite a wild summertime. Some spectacular shows by various plants and some that just didn't really do very well at all. As uh, you may have remembered a couple weeks ago, I talked about I had some uh, morning glories. And the morning glory vines really did well. They filled the trellises up so I couldn't wait for the flowers. Never did see a flower. So finally I've cut those things off. So anyway... This is declaring fall is here, and the leaves are falling, so it is falling season. Mike Miller, KMOX Garden Hotline, 314-436-7900 or 1-800-925-1120. Back after these messages. Yes, folks, I was glad to see some lightning and some rain the other night. It's, I mean, we've had some stretches of pretty dry weather, and then we've had some that have uh, really got things really soggy but lately it's been on the dry side but uh, when there's a lightning storm that's or lightning associated with the rain that's when we is to the advantage of the plant material because it breaks up the nitrogen nutrients in the water and then it'll come down in the rain and stay down in the ground on the ground on the plant material for a couple days before it becomes a gas and heads back upstairs into the sky again. So lightning is just fantastic. I was looking out the window. Most of the lightning I saw wasn't over our head, but it was just to the east of us. And it was still, it was nice to go out the next morning after that rain and see everything looking so clear. It only rained about 45 minutes or so. It started at 7 and ended at 7.45. So it was kind of like, wow. Is this some kind of irrigation system or something? Yes, natural irrigation. Well, let's head over to Sue's yard. Hi, Sue. How are you today? I'm fine, thank you. How are you today? Very good. Thank you. Thanks for taking my call. Sure. Um, my sweet daughter-in-law, we were just talking yesterday, has a, a beautiful lilac bush that has just bloomed. It's, it's just been beautiful, but through the wind and all, and she did, she doesn't really know what uh, variety it is, but it's when it's standing upright. I'm I'm saying it could almost hit five foot. Um, it's only about two years old, but now it's it's just kind of it's got a branch that has split in the middle. Even we were wondering how to to prune this. Uh, we're we're kind of green on lilac bushes. Could you help us? Basically, lilacs are a plant that like an alkaline soil. So in mm-hmm. other words, they don't have any problems being next to concrete, your foundation, or anything like that. But mm-hmm. understand that uh, it might be five feet tall now, but ultimately, if it's a classic lilac, it can get pretty big, you know, up to oh 10, you know, 10 feet high. And mm-hmm. it's a sucker grower, so it's going to send out all kinds of stems. Now, any kind of branching or anything that's broken or split, that should just be cut off as close to the ground as you possibly can. 
Okay. Just the lilacs, since they're spring bloomers, and this is true of any spring bloomer, that you just don't prune them in the fall because the flower buds are set for the following spring. So whether Mm -hmm. it's a dogwood, whether it's a lilac, no matter what it is. And uh, just for the most part, they don't hold, They don't really need a whole lot of uh, fertilization or anything, and they don't like a lot of water. So just be really careful and make sure mm. when you plant them, the top of the root ball is above the surrounding ground. And then consequently, mm-hmm. if there's any kind of settling at all when it is after it's planted, it won't end with a depression around it because that means water could sit there and that could do some damage to the root system. Okay. Well, it's it's close to concrete because it's kind of like uh, the double garage doors, you know, and then you walk out and there's the concrete driveway. And bless her heart, she didn't realize. She just kind of stuck it in the ground. Oh, I've got a lilac bush, you know. And it's it's just been gorgeous. But now it's even drooping down. It just looks kind of pitiful. So we, we don't want to um, trim it back at all right now, right? Correct. Uh, don't trim it and now you say it's if it's really close to a walkway or something you realize it's going to start you know causing problems for the sidewalk and things like that as time goes on oh my well she you know like i said we were just kind of green about all these and didn't realize uh so basically leave it alone, I guess, and kind of see where we go. Uh-huh. Well, mm. you could do that, or this is a good time of year to transplant. So since it's only been in the ground for a short period of time, cut off uh-huh. the damaged stuff and then move it to a location where it can actually become a real lilac with capital L's. Uh-huh. And so as opposed to leaving it in that space, because if it gets bigger and bigger and bigger, then the transplanting is going to be harder yes. and more difficult okay. than that. Okay, well, I'll suggest that, and we'll see where we go. (laughs) Thank you so much for your information. Sure, my pleasure. Mm -hmm. Have a good day. You too. And -hmm. we do have phone lines open, 314-436-7900 or 1-800-925-1120. Ethan's anxious to answer the phone, so more so than anything else. And when he call, all he needs is your first name. He doesn't need uh, anything else of... from you, not your zodiac sign or anything like that. Anyways, there's you know summer bulbs, there are dahlias, your uh, elephant ears, your cannas, your gladiolus, your caladiums. This is the days are getting shorter, whether it's really obvious or not. I'm sure it is starting to feel obvious that you're going to see the foliage on the uh, summer bulbs start to uh, go downhill a little bit quicker. Not for the entire plant, but just some of the. Uh, I don't want to say older, but some of the older foliage is going to start going downhill and you're going to end up with, you know, potentially stalks and just leaves at the very top. And some of them will will not flower any longer, like the gladiolas are finished flowering. Uh, the cannas will flower a little bit more. The caladiums and the elephant ears are really not flowering plants. They're grown for the foliage. So just realize that the, this is kind of the end of the season for the summer bulbs as opposed to the winter bulbs or springtime bulbs. So the daffodils and tulips and things like that, you can purchase them, and we're just about at the time when you can start planting them, but it might be a little bit early to plant, so just understand that. And uh, just be, you know, with your tulips and daffodils and things like that, you want the area that you're planting them in to be very well-drained. Also, you want to make sure... 
that uh, will drain in their, at the proper depth. So basically with the t- daffodils and tulips, you want them about uh, four to six inches below the surface, whether you grow them. I grow mine in pots. This year I'm not going to be able to because of some complications I've had. But uh, I've gone through uh, Brightside St. Louis for years and gotten the tulips from them. And this year I'm just not really able to. So, uh, But uh, probably what I'm going to do is I'm going to get uh, a lot of crocus. I haven't grown crocus for several years, and I'm going to be planting the crocus. Now, crocus are smaller bulbs, so consequently they don't go as deep into the ground as the uh, tulips and daffodils do. So let's head now over to Bill's yard. Hi, Bill. Good morning. This is Bill from Belleville. Great. How are you? Doing quite well. Uh, I guess not too many callers right now, huh? I yeah, didn't it's... have to wait at all. Uh, anyway, uh, I have a, a pretty good-sized hill in the backyard, and every year I struggle with uh, aerating and overseeding. And uh, actually, last year I put in compost. I uh, kind of got a couple of yards and uh, with a wheelbarrow and spread a whole bunch of the uh, the St. Louis compost. I think it's called black gold or something like that. Right. And uh, went everywhere with it because I, the ground is pretty hard with clay here in Belleville, and uh, it's, it's not really a great uh, dirt. So anyway, uh, and maybe I put too much on, but my front yard was uh, – I mean, it, it it was one of the worst years for uh, for an attractive lawn in a long time, and I don't know uh, if I put too much compost on. Can a person use too much? Yeah, basically, what you with compost on in a lawn area, you're doing something called top dressing, and that means you're putting down about uh, any place between a quarter to a half inch. So it doesn't mean that it's going to, you know, it's. You know, if your lawn was in great shape and then it went downhill, too much compost or too much any kind of organic matter could send it downhill. So uh, did you correlate before you did the composting? Uh, last year was not any aeration. This year I will be aerating. Okay. So you can do the aeration first, and then you can put the seed, you know, seed down after that, and there's a light top dressing. To a half inch of compost on top of that. Oh, looks like he hung up. Yeah. Okay. Now let's go over to let's go over to Tom's yard. Hi, Tom. Good morning, Mike. Thanks for taking my call. Sure. Uh, we have some Ito peonies in our garden, and we would like to know when the best time is to transplant them. Probably ASAP would be the best time to do it. So okay. as the foliage has gone downhill, I'm sure it's probably leaning over and everything. Just cut the foliage off. Dig the entire root system up if you're going to you know, transplant the entire plant. And mm-hmm. leave it sit above the ground for a day or so. That just kind of softens the uh, root system because they're really brittle when you first dig them up. And that, ah, okay. will, re- that will reduce the amount of uh, any kind of breakage of the root system when you transplant it. And they just have the new location ready to go. Full sun is by far the best. Right. Uh, yeah, the, we, have, we have about seven of them, and one is not getting enough sun. So that's the one we want to move. Okay, that's fine. 
Okay, great. Thanks so much. Appreciate it. Yep, you got about uh, through the month of October to get them moved. And the reason why transplanting uh, this time of year is good because the ground is warm. That mean that will encourage new root system growth, and then uh, that's what the plant wants, and it gets to go to sleep for winter time. So good luck mm, with that. I've got my gardening shoes on. I'll prep the hole uh, <laughs> this morning. Thanks. All right. Sounds perfect. Bye-bye. Yeah. 314-436-7900 or 1-800-925-1120. Back after these messages. Worried about letting someone else pick out the perfect avocado for your perfect impress them on the third date guacamole? Well, good thing Instacart shoppers are as picky as you are. They find ripe avocados like it's their guac on the line. They are milk expiration date detectives. They bag eggs like the 12 precious pieces of cargo they are. So let Instacart shoppers overthink your groceries so that you can overthink what you'll wear on that third date. Download the Instacart app to get free delivery on your first three orders while supplies last. Minimum $10 per order. Additional terms apply. This episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Whether you love true crime or comedy, celebrity interviews or news, you call the shots on what's in your podcast queue. And guess what? Now you can call them on your auto insurance, too, with the Name Your Price tool from Progressive. It works just the way it sounds. You tell Progressive how much you want to pay for car insurance, and they'll show you coverage options that fit your budget. Get your quote today at Progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law. Hiring for your small business? If you're not looking for professionals on LinkedIn, you're looking in the wrong place. That's like looking for your car keys in a fish tank. LinkedIn helps you hire professionals you can't find anywhere else. Even those who aren't actively searching for a new job but might be open to the perfect role. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't even visit other leading job sites. So start looking in the right place. With LinkedIn, you can hire professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash recommend today. KMOX is Cardinals Radio. It's the Cards and Dodgers tonight. Emron pregame show 715. First pitch 810. Hear the game on KMOX and streaming on KMOX.com. 314-436-7900 or 1-800-925-1120. Let's head over to Bob's yard. Hi, Bob. Uh, hello. Hi. Um, I had a soil test done, and I need um, lime and I need potassium. Okay, I'm going to do that. Um, I'm thinking next year, because my lawn is nothing but weeds. I have no grass at all. So I'm thinking about putting um, zoysia soil, or uh, not soil, zoysia um, Sod. Sod down. Yeah. Is that okay for that, or how do I go about zoysia, and when is the best time to put the sod down? Well, with zoysia, since it's warm season grass, I would not put it down going into winter time because the root system's not going to get established probably enough, and if we have a severe, even just a few days in the wintertime, it's gone. And realize that you're going to have to prepare that soil before you lay the sod down, so you can't just you know, lay the sod down on the whatever you have growing there now. So this is going to be a long, involved process. This is not going to be something that's just going to be instantaneous. So you're going to have to get okay. the you know get the existing weed uh, at least partly under control. You're not you're not going to get them under control 100 percent by any means. That's going to be impossible. But just realize that if you can get the majority of them killed off, you know, get the soil prepared with the. Uh, I mean. R- 
I want to say rototilling, but that's going to be the best thing you can do, and then lay the sod down on top of that. Yeah, well, that's that's quite expensive to do all that. Oh, um, absolutely. I'm, but if, I'm going to kill. I'm going to kill the weeds off, and then they said, "What I'm thinking is they're going to come in and with a gra- uh, sod cutter okay. and get some of the old junk off of there." Right, and then they can. But still, you should at least heavily rake this. You know the area. So the sod can have a chance, and you're going to do the zoysia. Like probably it'll be available first time next year. Uh, it's going to be weather dependent, but sometime mid to late April, early May is going to be the you know first first calendar date you're going to be able to get you know zoysia sod. Okay, so the 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 um, the lime and the potassium is okay for zoysia, then that's fine. Right. When they said you need lime, what was your soil pH? Well, they said I need 50 pounds of lime for that 1,000 square feet. I was just curious because, I mean, they didn't tell you what your soil pH was, huh? Yeah, but I, I don't remember. it's on the phone, and I'm talking on the phone, and I, yeah. And then they said a potassium is one-half pound per 1,000 square feet. Yeah, because potassium is one of the nutrients that uh, stays in the soil for a long period of time. But if this is a, a company that uh, does the soil testing, then uh, yes. No, it's the University of Missouri at Extension. Oh, okay, perfect. Then, uh, then that's a, you know, go ahead and follow their instructions. Okay. All right. Thanks. Yep. It's going to be a lot of work. There's no getting around it. And just realize, yeah. Zoysia's, you know, when winter comes around, Zoysia turns tan. Yeah. Well, yeah, I know that. But I just haven't had any luck with fescue at all. <laughs> Lawn is tough here. And a good example, <laughs> okay, yeah, a good example of that is just remember last week on Wednesday it was ninety-eight degrees, and then on Thursday it was sixty degrees. So right, that yeah, weather fluctuations yeah. is tough on plants. So good luck, Bob. <laughs> okay, all right, thanks. Sure. And now let's see where should we go? Let's go over to Joyce's yard. Hi, Joyce. Good morning. How you doing? Very good. What I want to ask is a um, couple questions. I have knockout roses on the side of my house, but they're not getting that much sun. Since we had so much rain last night, can I dig them up and try to save them and put them in another spot? Uh, if you have the other spot, you know, ready, but if you dig them up and just, you know, you don't have a new location kind of prepared. No, I, got the new I mean, I have the new uh, location I want to put them in. Okay. I'm just trying to see. One time I did it and put them in a pot and they came right on back, but you know, it's just not getting enough sun. Right. It's sun there about a couple of hours and it come, you know, and one side on my other side I get a plenty sun, but I'm just gonna try to move since the ground is so wet today this morning. Right. You and must the, you must have had a lot of rain because we didn't really get that much rain last night. Oh, we rained it rained all day. I'm in Delwood. It rained all day yesterday. Really? It rained out Saint Peter's when I was out there too. But not as hard. It rained all day. It rained all the way up to about seven o'clock last night, about six or seven. The problem, the problem with you know transplanting when the ground is really wet is when you put the soil back in around you know the plants that you're transplanting. This being roses, there, there's going to be clumps of soil, and those clumps are not going to you know blend together really well. And then you're going to end up with air pockets in there. And that's going to allow air to get down there and dehydrate the root system. So just be really cautious and really water them well for the first two weeks or so after they are uh, in the ground. I would, you know, kind of your eye guy. 
I have to water every day. I got a two hundred dollar water bill right now. Whoa. Yeah, oh yeah. I have it every year. I have that's how big how much plant my backyard is just big. You know, and I got stuff going all the way around. Hydrangeas, roses, flowers. I got flowers in the tree and I got it's a job, but I like it. Right. You know. I've been doing it for twenty years so I do it something every year and I got my front full. But anyway, when I want the next question I wanna ask you about the grass seed. When is a good time to put down the grass seed? Uh, pretty much just right now. So basically from uh the end of August all the way through mid to late October, depending upon what you know the weather of the weather is that year because again the ground is warm that'll trigger the root system uh, or the germination of the grass seed so fall is by far the best time to put grass seed down and if you're not going to do anything else like core aeration composting or anything else at least get some seed starter fertilizer when you put the seed down so would i need to fertilize it first no you fertilize after you put the seed down okay do i have to water every day uh, for the first couple of weeks, yes. I thought you didn't have the water. No, no, no. You're gonna ha- you should because if you don't, what will happen is the seed could germinate, and then if we have a couple or several days of dryness, the seed is root system is not as well enough established into the ground that it's not going to be able to withstand dry circumstances. So that's why for the first two weeks after you put the seed down, you should really plan on watering. Well, I didn't water last year, and it came up good. The sun went, the, the heat went, got my grass, you know. Right. And then they can use some of that weed and feed, and those spots are still there. So I was going to put some good dirt there that I've seen at Home Depot, you grass, and, uh, you know, got the seeds and got everything in it. But I was just trying to see, because I, I have to pay this bill down. But I'd be prepared for it because I pay extra money on my water bill every month. <laughs> so I have, you know, yeah, I do that. Great. I, I'm that type of person, you know. But anyway, and your show is really good. I just want to know about those knockout roses. I, okay, what I was going to do, after I got the knockout roses up, I want to put my hydrangeas there. They'll do good there. So can I put these three hydrangeas there, or shall I wait before I, when I take the knockouts out? Oh, you definitely wait until you get one thing done before you do to the next. So... Well, thanks, Joyce. Greatly appreciate you okay. and uh, your call and everything else. Mike Miller, KMWash Garden Hotline, back after these messages. This is the St. Louis Composting Garden Hotline with Mike Miller on the voice of St. Louis KMOX. We've got a little bit of time for the show. we got some phone lines open, 314-436-7900 or 1-800-925-1120. Let's head over to Jan's yard. Hi, Jan. Hi, Mike. Um, I have got some 50-year-old white spurea bushes, and they're getting yellow spots on the leaves, and they're very dense on the bottom. So I've been wanting to thin them out. Can I do that at this time of the year? And I was going to maybe fertilize, too. Uh, fertilize, bushes. I would not do going into wintertime. But uh, pruning-wise, are these aspireas that bloom in the springtime? Yes. Yeah, so... If you prune them now, then you're just eliminating the the flowers for next spring. So if that doesn't really matter to you, it's an aesthetic call. You can go ahead and go and prune, or you can just wait till next spring and do the pruning at that time after they finish flowering. Well, I was 
thinking thinning because there's so many they look like sticks coming out of the ground i was just gonna take out some of the sticks oh, looking no. things and not not trim them down yet but okay. just thin them okay and so the sticks that are coming up out of the ground they don't have any foliage or any flower bud potential or anything well those are the ones i want to take out yes so can i do that now yeah, you can. You just don't. You won't have any flowers, you know, on those things that you're removing. So that's fine. And how far down should I cut them? Uh, how tall are they? Oh, uh, eight, ten feet. <laughs> that's pretty big for spirea. Yeah, I would cut them back at least fifty percent, if not a little bit more. Oh wow. Okay. One other question: Have you heard of putting red paper um, for moles? putting those red uh, pepper flakes in their tunnels to try to get rid of them. Have you heard of this one? That works a little bit, but uh, it's, you know, it's an iffy, iffy kind of thing because just because the tunnel's there doesn't necessarily mean that they're going to be using that same tunnel. Okay. Okay. All so, right. I mean, you can all try right. it and see what you, you know, it's not going to, all it's going to do in theory is move them to a different tunnel. <laughs> so whether they have to dig oh, a new oh. one or not. <laughs> So it's oh, not I like it's going to say, get out of my yard, and it's not going <laughs> to do that. Okay, and don't fertilize my spirea till the spring. Yeah, don't fertilize going in the wintertime. That's not a good thing to do. Because that, what that does is prevent any kind of plant material from, like, heading to sleep. And that's what dormancy of the wintertime is all about. And the fertilizing can prevent that. And then we get a cold snap, and then <laughs> your plants are okay. really damaged. Okay. Okay. Thanks for your help. Sure. And now let's, right. let's head over to Reese's yard. Hi, Reese. Hello. You there, Reese? Hi, Mike. Uh, yeah. Go Mike? ahead. Hey, I'm a um, core aerate my yard, and want to know if I should top dress it with sand first or just topsoil. Yeah, don't I've do never, sand. Um, Sand is not a good thing to use because, you know, historically this entire region has a lot of clay soil. And guess what? Sand and clay together make bricks. So that's not something you want to top dress with. Very good. Thank you. Sure. My pleasure. And now let's go to Diana's. Hi, Diana. Hi, Mike. Um, I want to know how you get rid of um, uh, trumpet vine. Can you see where it's coming up out of the ground, or is it coming up in the neighbor's yard? It's coming up um, on, on my privacy fence, and it's it's um, yay high, and um, you know it's it's pro- prolific. Yeah, it is. I mean, it's a, extremely invasive, and basically, what you should do is find out. And it might be a little bit too late this year because of you know we're getting near the end of the growing season, but mm-hmm. find out where it's coming up out of the ground. Cut it off at about uh, two feet high, and then Mm -hmm. after you cut it, cut it at a 45-degree angle, and then get Roundup for killing woody plants slash poison ivy and paint it right Mm -hmm. on that open wound where you cut. And then uh, that Mm -hmm. should at least start it downhill, depending upon how big the trunk is. It may take a couple applications to finally get rid of it. Mm-hmm. Oh, I see. Yeah, it's, um, like I say, uh, covers a widespread area. Right. Mm-hmm. Okay, well, thank you, Mike. Yeah, it's really it's extremely invasive. The other option is to try to dig it out, and that is a heck of a lot of work. I mean, it's unbelievable. Right, right. 
because the 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 length of the the height of the plant is is about the height of the root system. Right. And so yeah. so you know that's why I'm saying just you know when it's where it's coming up out of the ground at about two feet, you know, cut it off at a 45 sure. degree angle. Mm-hmm. And use Roundup uh, woody plant uh, killing right product. Yeah, don't use regular Roundup, so because it won't work. Okay. Okay. Thank you very much. Yep. And Art, can you do it kind of quick? Yeah, I was going to say, as a 93 year old birthday present, you're probably the best information radio program. Bob Hardy and Rex Davis said, why don't they advocate Silent Spring Rachel Carson as reading material for these young people that are having problems with their reading? (laughs) Are you there? And now my question is this. I put down 20 saplings. Some of the roots were long. I spread them out into the soil, but they say that instead of bending the long roots, you should cut them back. Now, with respect to this clay loss, soils that have problems with permeation and penetration of soils of water, why do you advocate more the rainwater rather than tap? To me, that tap water is more of a problem with leaching, with problems of penetration, and with the subsoiling and all the other rest of the story with respect to the health of the soil, the plant. Compost is the soil, soil, and you can't do any better. Uh, great to share time with you. At your service. Welcome to the St. Louis Composting Garden Hotline with Mike Miller on the voice of St. Louis KMOX. Thank you, Scott. And by the way, this is the second hour of the Garden Hotline, which is the tip of the trowel hour. And I'll be giving the tip of the trowel shortly. But right now, if you have questions, concerns, or comments about any of your plant material, your lawn, trees, shrubs, whatever, just give us a call. 314 314- Four three six seven nine hundred, or one eight hundred nine two five eleven twenty. Or maybe you have some ideas, some questions, concerns, or comments. Speaking of comments or ideas, uh, I don't know. There's a golf tournament on right now. It was uh, live, so it's United States versus the international golfers. And last week I was talking about zoysia, and when you cut it too close, the zoysia is not the best. Thing that you could possibly do. And a caller called in and said, well, what about all these golf courses that they're cutting, you know, their zoysias and Bermudas really close? Well, this golf tournament, I don't know where it is or anything else, but the color of the zoysia slash Bermuda doesn't look so good. So it's cut really close. And that's what golf courses do. And that's a good example of you think, well, maybe this would be the best way to go, but... I'm not saying I know everything, but uh, I know everything. No, I don't know everything. Anyway, we can. Uh, thanks for having me on your show. We can discuss plant selection, caring for ups and downs and all arounds to annuals. The thing that is a little disappointing for me this year is the amount of pansies. We, I was out looking for pansies the other day. I saw some in uh, hanging baskets, but I haven't seen them just in six packs or anything like that, so it's a little bit surprising. 
are your bulbs, your summer bulbs versus your spring blooming bulbs, totally different plant materials. Your edibles, cool season type stuff. This is lettuce season, broccoli, cauliflower, all that other stuff. Your ground covers, your house plants, your lawn, your roses, perennials, roses, <laughs> perennials and roses, shrubs, trees, vines, water gardens. I'll share my thoughts, but please remember my answers, comments, and opinions is not the only garden path to take towards success, but strictly offered for you to consider. And across the big board, there's Ethan. He's producing. So when you call, he will answer the phone. He just needs your first name, and then he'll put it into the computer, and then it uh, comes over to me on this screen. Wow, amazing. I do landscape consulting, which I call a walk and talk. You can go to my website, find my phone number, and give me a phone and give me a call, and I'll schedule a time. This past week, I was at Bridgeton, kind of a neat house in Bridgeton, and then today after the show, I'm headed to Oakville. So I kind of go all over the metropolitan area. And I do cluster appointments according to location so I can minimize my time on the road. Tip of the trial is a special recognition for individual group or situation that's made an impression on me and is brought to you by St. Louis Composting, 636-861-3344. Tip of the trial goes out to the people in the city of St. Louis, the, the mowers, that cut the park grasses and stuff. I mean... It is amazing. Living right across the street from Christie Park, watching him, there are so many trees and so many things they have to go around and everything else. They do a, a tremendous job. It's absolutely amazing, you know, because, I mean, they got the tractor. They've got probably 72-inch wide, you know, d double or triple more blade circumstance. And so a tip of the trial goes out to all the people they cut the grasses in all the city parks or county parks or wherever it happens to be. Just that is a lot of work. It's not an easy job to do. And they very conscientious. They don't run into the trees. They don't do damage to the barks or the trunks or anything else. So that's perfect. So anyway, if you do have any questions, 314-436-7900 or 1-800-925-1120. Let's get a call or two before we go to a break. Let's go to Tom's yard. Hi, Tom. Hey, Mike. How are you? Very good. Hey, uh, a couple questions. Um, one, I have a tree that it's one of the first trees that will come out in the springtime, and it has a little yellow bud on it. Um, uh, last year, I had trimmed off some dead branches, and this year when it came back, the leaves weren't as dense, and I didn't know if there's anything that I could put on it to uh, nurture it to see if I can, you know, get more leaves on it. Uh, basically, the reason probably there's less leaves is because you cut some branches off, would be my assumption. So no, it's 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 they're just they're just a lot a lot less of them. I mean, there's still a bunch of branches on the tree with okay. with with leaves, but it's just they're not as full. It's like it got shocked and. <laughs> And they just haven't come back as full. Well, what you could do is one some... guy told me to put one guy told me to put some mulch on it, um, but I don't know. Well, what do you think? Well, you could put mulch on it. I mean, that's not necessarily all. That's going to do is ultimately the mulch is going to break down and you know enrich the soil. But what you could do now is something called deep root feeding, and you go out like from where the trunk is halfway out to the drip line of the tree. So, in other words, the extension of the branches. Then you get an electric drill with an earth auger, which is a drill bit and one-inch diameter, 
and start offering mm-hmm. holes in a circle all the way around the trunk. And then back, go down about uh, six or eight inches and backfill each one of those holes with compost. So in other words, you're f- feeding the soil, and the soil is how the plants really get you know fed. So okay. mulch is not going to do anything. And then you go out another foot or so and then do another circle and another foot and go slightly beyond the drip line of, the t- of what the tree is. And then that should be, you know, deep root feeding is the best way to feed trees because you're indirectly feeding them by feeding the soil. Okay. Um, the other question I have is, is that um, I transplanted some forever summers and at the beginning of the spring. And they're, they're healthy, but the problem is, is that I, it faces northwest. And so it just gets hammered in the afternoon with sun, and it, it's just not a good spot for them. So, um, and they're probably a little bit bigger than if you were to go and buy them at, at any nursery in the springtime. So they're not little, but they're not huge. I was going to move those out of there, but I was wondering a, a suggestion of a, a a flowering bush that isn't going to get huge. Because I'm trying to corner off that spot for my landscaping, kind of corner it off. So, so you're putting, so you're taking the hydrangeas out, and you're trying to put something else in there that can t- correct that can take this, uh, uh, you know, hot, intense sun. Maybe take a look at a shrub called Nandina, N-A-N-D-I-N-A, Nandina domestica, or heavenly bamboo is a common name of it. has colorful leaves. will only get about uh, three three to four feet high at the most, and it kind of uh, has an open habit. It will flower, and then the flowers are followed by small buried fruit. Okay, okay. And um, is this a good time maybe in the next, two, three weeks to, uh, to start transplanting those hydrangeas in the different areas. Yeah. You better get it. Yeah. Get definitely get it done before the end of October. Okay. Okay. Well, I broke my hand. So they say I got about two weeks. So, uh, <laughs> I, so I, can't, I can't dig yet. So I was just thinking, Oh man, that's the farthest out I could go. So, uh, okay. All right. Well, thanks, Mike. I really appreciate the, uh, the info and I really enjoy listening to your show. Well, Have a good day. Well, thanks for having me on your show. Mike Miller, KMOX Garden Hotline back after these messages. We go and let's go over to Christina's. Hi, Christina. Hi there, Mike. Hi. This is my first call. I'm, I'm glad I got through. <laughs> um, could you tell me, I'm a, a beginner gardener, but I have a mother-in-law's tongue in a in a planter, and it seems the first time it's nice and strong. What should I do with it now? You, I don't have a garage or anything to put it in or house type. So you can't bring it inside at all? Well, yeah, I could. I have not much light. There's just a crack in one window. Would that do it or... They're pretty. They're pretty tough and durable, so they can handle a pretty low light situation. So oh, okay. I would certainly give it a try. I don't know what size pot it's in. It doesn't need to be in a very large pot. And no, dur- it's not. Yeah, dur- during the winter time, don't overwater it. Let it have a tendency to, when you look down inside the pot, that the potting mix is shrinking away from the inside of the pot. 
then water, then don't water it again. So you're probably going to be watering it about maybe once every four to six weeks is all through the entire wintertime. Oh, okay. So does that trick with putting your finger inside the pot and feeling the soil, does that work or not really? No, I was... (laughs) I think visually is better than try to... Well, I don't know um, if this feels wet or not. If it feels wet, then definitely don't do it. Don't water it, right. Okay, and then this uh, other plant that, oh gosh, now my brain went dead. Um, it's the it's forever green, and they're they're real shiny leaves on there. Um, Could be a gardenia. No, it's not. A, I wish, but no, uh, it's um, gosh, I'm sorry. It it grows in long stems, and if it's healthy, it has those shiny leaves. Every other, you know, um, whatever. It okay. could be Shiflera. You know, it's tough to know without. Uh, but it's uh, but most of the plants, other than the mother-in-law's tongue, really need a pretty bright light during the winter time. Okay, everything else. Yeah, I just have a crack in the window. Oh, the other thing is uh, the outside shrubs. You said it's. Wait till spring to trim back. It, I guess it, they're getting big and tall and bushy, so it's too late to trim those, right? Well, it's only the ones that bloom in the springtime that I say don't prune this time of year. If they're summer bloomers like crepe myrtle or something along that line, you can prune them now. Ah, uh, okay. But no, I'm sorry. This is it's this is boxwood. Okay, that's what it is. Is it okay to trim those back or not really? Uh, it's really healthy. It's Yeah, tall. I would say maybe wait till we come out of wintertime. And the only reason okay. I'm saying that is because boxwood are tough. You could probably prune it. Everything could be okay. But sometimes if you prune it you know, in the fall and we have a severe cold snap, it could right. do some damage because uh, the, new, okay. the, the tips that are were, were not exposed before because you cut off the tips that were as protection are no right. longer there. So that's where the trouble comes. Can I ask you, I, as I understand that uh, you do make, as they say, house calls, or do you have a schedule or someplace that you, you visit? I have sight problems, so I'm at an end of my, you know, look and see type thing. Uh, do you have such a schedule that you might come out and at least verbally suggest something? Yeah, I mean, I can certainly do that. Just go to my website, Mike Miller Designs. Forgive me, I don't have a computer, and I couldn't see even if I had oh, one. Well. You know, so I, is there something you could mail me with your schedule or, or price, you know, cost of a visit or something? Uh, that's, you know, it's a little difficult to do that because we've got a lot of callers and everything else, so... Christina, just uh, good luck with your plant material All and right. everything else. Thank you for your help. Sure. Let's go over to Marjorie's. Hi, Marjorie. Good morning, Mike. Hi. I have, for the first time, I believe they're called Aster Marins, and I want to know, I, I planted them out by the street, that city part, you know, between the street and the sidewalk. Mm-hmm. And uh, I want to know, do I cut them back? I I thought I was buying a summer flower, but actually it indicates that they're a fall bloomer. Right. 
So what you can do is you can wait until uh, they finish flowering, and then you can cut them back at that time, cut them back to about uh, four to six inches, or you can just leave them alone. So it doesn't hurt to leave them alone because the new growth probably won't emerge off the stems that are existing. It's they're gonna the new growth for next year is gonna come up out of the root system. Okay. All right. Thank you, sir. Sure. I like your show. Well, thanks for having me on your show. And now let's go over to Donna's yard. Hi, Donna. Hi, Mike. Hi. So my question is, when I bring my plants in for the winter, what do you do about how do you keep the little bugs and the gnats from coming out of the dirt? <laughs> well, I use, like, insecticidal soap. And I use the insecticidal soap. I start for a couple weeks before I'm going to bring them inside. Spray the underside of the foliage, spray on top of the foliage, spray the stems. And for, you know, for gnats and things like that, I mix up uh, some insecticidal soap and actually pour it on the potting mix to try to kill any kind of, uh, you know, eggs or anything that's, you know, right there on the soil okay. surface. Okay. Sounds good. Thank you. Sure. But, yeah, just stay consistent, you know, for a couple of weeks before you bring it in because a lot of times if you don't, if you just do it once, you're not going to get rid of the entire problem. Then you're going to be fighting gnats inside or whatever else it happens to be. So. Right. When is the best time to bring them in so you don't shock them? Uh, really, any time, you know, kind of in, during the month of October should be fine. And when you bring them in, don't definitely don't put them where the, let's say, the furnace vent is going to be blowing right down on top of them. Well, I have a blue light I put them under. Oh, well, that's perfect then. So, Okay. All right. Thank you. Yeah. Yeah. I bring mine in and put them into the basement where I have some grow lights growing. And I'm going to plug in my grow lights. Actually, today I'll probably do it just to make sure that everything's okay with them. And then probably within the next week or two, then I'll bring them inside. Okay. That sounds great. Thank you. Sure. And now let's head over to Carol's yard. Hi, Carol. Well, good morning. Hi. Hi. Um, you were talking about the pansies, and you couldn't find them. Right. Barbecue Gardens in St. Charles on Randolph Street, right across the street from uh, Blanket Park. Oh, really? So they got, so, got they, the 6 they grow them themselves, yep, and they've got many, many plants for you to put together. Um, it's very well worth going out to see what they have. It's a big company. They've been there for about 85 years. Whoa. So, yeah. And you've been there, because I met you there. <laughs> How could you possibly remember pop- that? Yeah. Well, it was about 25 years ago. Oh, is that and all? You came up to, <laughs> yeah, you came up and, and you talked to all the people that came, and um, you had a little program going on. Yeah. Yep. So, anyway, that's that's what I really wanted to tell you. Okay, great. Well, thanks, Carol. Greatly appreciate it. You bet. Thank you. Yep, and now from Carol's yard, let's go over and see what's going on with Ruth. Hi, Ruth. I couldn't have gotten it, huh? Ruth, are you there? Just, just a second. Ruth, are you there? You're talking to yes. somebody else. Yes, I'm sorry. Yes, I'm here. I am calling about a dogwood tree we have. It's like uh, 12 years old. And the bottom limbs are only like three feet from the 
from the ground, and I'm wondering if they can be trimmed back partially or does it have to go back to the trunk? And then I'm not going to have much of a tree left because it's only like 15 feet high. Right. Now, if you just stub them back, then, you know, that's not to the advantage of the dogwood tree at all. That's something that you're just doing. So in reality, if you want to limb, you know, any kind of branches or take any kind of branches off, you should cut them back in, this, in sections like one-third at a time with the final cut, you know, being either off the largest branch that it's growing out of or off the trunk and the stub only being about a half inch or so. Okay, yes, I would probably have to go back to the trunk, and then it's not going to leave much of a tree. Is, is that normal? Uh, well, it just depends upon, you know, the, the kind of the habit of that particular tree. So I'm not going to say that every dogwood is going to have that same circumstance, but usually, you know, people that uh, are growing dogwoods understand that they might have some lower branches that could be trouble, but then they plant, like, ground covers and things like that underneath them, like ivy versus a lawn circumstance. I see. I see. But if I trim them back, it probably shouldn't really kill the tree, right? No. I would go ahead and just leave them alone because the flower buds are already set, and you know what the flower bud looks like if you've had right. it for a couple of years. And just wait until springtime and then prune them right after they finish flowering. And you said like a, a third of the way back and then another third of the way back. Right. And, and that way probably- you just prevent any kind of... You know, if you cut, make the initial cut right at the trunk where you're supposed to, sometimes the weight of the branch can do, tear some of the bark, and then that can lead to you know, potentially some problems. I see. And another question, I have a bee bomb um, a plant that I put in a pot, mm-hmm. and I don't think it bloomed at all this summer. It's only like two years old, and the leaves were re- like real milky white stuff on it. Ooh. And it never bloomed. Um, now it, it looks like that's going away and there's green foliage. But um, what, what, if you think that's the plant is not good anymore? Well, it might be okay. Bee balm's pretty tough. And that powdery mildew that you're seeing on there, that green, gray or white stuff, it's just because it's too humid where it is and it's not getting oh. good air circulation and it's not getting enough sun. I see. Okay. Well, thank you for your help. Sure, my pleasure. Mike Miller, KMOX Garden Hotline, back after these messages. T-Mobile has invested billions to light up America's largest 5G network from big cities to small towns, including right here in yours. And great coverage is just the beginning. Right now, families and small businesses can save up to 20% versus AT&T and Verizon when they switch. Visit your local T-Mobile store today. Plan savings with three lines of T-Mobile Essentials versus comparable available plans. Plan features and taxes and fees may vary. <sighs> Spring is a time of renewal, so why not refresh your home with a little help from Blinds.com? We make getting custom window treatments a minor project with major impact. Choose from premium blinds, shades, and shutters. We even have options for your patio, too. Blinds.com invented a better way to shop for custom window treatments. There's no pushy salespeople in your home or inflated showroom prices. Our design experts can help you find the perfect window treatments on your schedule. We'll even send free samples directly to you. 
Plus, we can handle the measuring and installation for you. Unlimited window treatments installed for just one low cost. And with Blinds.com, you'll always get transparent pricing. No hidden fees. Our free shipping and 100% satisfaction guarantee can put the spring back into your step. And into your home, too. Shop Blinds.com right now and save up to 45%. Up to 45% off for a limited time at Blinds.com. Blinds.com. Rules and restrictions may apply. After the end of a good fight, you deserve an ice-cold reward. Medela is the mark of a fighter. You've earned this rich golden lager with a crisp, refreshing taste. Because you know, the bigger the fight, the better the reward. You put in the hours, the energy, the tough labor. You are a fighter. Medela is your reward. Medela, the mark of a fighter. Drink responsibly. Beer imported by Crown Import, Chicago, Illinois. Hello, Brad. Are you there? Yeah, <clears throat> yeah, I'm here. Okay, go ahead. Yeah, I got a question. My neighbor is uh, is Bermuda grass, which is in, encroaching onto a piece of my property on the left-hand side of the driveway. In the past, I've been able to keep up with it, but three years ago, I had pancreatic cancer, and they took out my pancreas out. So, Ooh. anyhow, what? What's a good thing to put on there to uh, control that uh, I, that Bermuda grass? I'm not ready to put Roundup on it yet. Uh, I mean, that's going to be the most effective thing. So anything else that you use, there's products that are available, but you have to have a pesticide applicator's license to use them. So those are ones that are not going to be readily available. What you could do is just go to your favorite garden center and see what kind of herbicides they would recommend for you know taking care of your Bermuda situation if you don't want to use the uh, the Roundup situation. Well, I don't want to kill everything just yet. Uh, I've used Turflon Ester in the past, right. and it it, it uh, they changed the name of it. It's basically the same product. All right, another thing, uh, St. Louis. I had my lawn aerated yesterday or the day before. I wanted to put some compost on it, some top dressing. Um, and like I said, I'm limited to what I can do. Uh, would St. Louis Composting have uh, some references as uh, people who might apply it for me? Because I'm going to need about, I think about, for 10,000 square feet, I think for I'm going to need about five yards or eight yards. Yeah, I'm sure. Yes, I'm sure they have a whole list of people that could uh, help you out. Oh, okay. Well, then I'll give them a call. Perfect. All right, thanks. Yep, good luck with your Bermuda. And, uh, uh, <laughs> <laughs> yeah. yeah, I'd like to just kill it, but, you know, I'm going to, I'm not going to do that this year. <laughs> All right, thanks. Well, good luck. And now let's head, uh, let's go from Brad's over to Matt's yard. Hi, Matt. Hello, Mike. Um uh, thanks so much for your show. It's just a pleasure to listen to you every day. Could I actually, I've got two questions for you, but um, could I just give a phone number for you? That lady who called you earlier, her name was Camillus. I'm sure she's probably still listening. 
the lady who's uh, got vision issues, there's a group that might be able to help her connect with you or uh, other people. I don't have to. It's, it's the St. Louis Society for the Blind oh, wow. uh, and Visually Impaired. And if she's listening, maybe she could write it down and give them a call and they could help her with her technology issues. Sure. Go ahead. So it's, it's the St. Louis Society for the Blind, and their phone number is 314-968-9000. And I'll just say it one more time just in case she's listening. 314-968-9000. So hopefully they can help her connect with you because she sounds like a wonderful woman. So I just had two quick questions, if that's all right. One, you regularly talk about a tree service, and I want to help my parents get some trees in the backyard trimmed, but it's in a back fenced-in yard. It's kind of a tricky area, so I want to make sure I get them somebody who's really super good because there's a lot of people who come out and cut trees, right. but there's some people are just not really good about not dropping it on a fence or a, a, a bed of flowers or something like or that. A so power line. Just a group. <laughs> Yeah, or a power line or any of that, you know, a table on the patio or something. So I just want to make sure it's somebody really good because my parents are a little old and I just don't need them to have any additional stress, if you know right. what I mean. Um, what's the name of the group that you often talk about on your show or maybe they advertise on your show? I just can't remember. Yeah, it's called Timberline Tree Service. Great, Timberline. Great. I'll give them a call. Thanks so much. Sure. That's, that'll be a big help. Right. And then um, my question was, um, I haven't been a good yard person or i mean I, I don't get my fertilizer down all the time or my my weed you know um stopping stuff and and um all that and sometimes i get my crabgrass preventer down too early or too late and all that and my yard's not in horrible shape right it's probably better than yours over in manchester when you grew up where if it was green it was good <laughs> but um but um uh, any recommendations on, I don't know, a schedule I could get on or um, a particular product that if I stick with their schedule, because, you know, Scott's has all this information online, or am I just best to just hire a service to come in here and they'll come in when they need to and, and all that? Well, you know, the service should be able to handle your circumstance that you're talking about for sure. But uh, you know, as far as the best thing you could possibly do as far as staying up with it and sequencing it, and the proper time frame would be to go to the uh, Missouri Botanical Garden website and follow okay. them, you know, follow them there in their calendar. I'll try that because I love them and love their new building down there. And that would be that's that's a great resource. Thank you very much. I didn't even think about them. I think of them for flowers and bushes and trees and things like that, but I don't think about them for long. So I'll check that out. Thanks yeah. so much, and thanks yeah. for your show, Mike. For yeah, information wise, they're very very good. That sounds great. Well, thanks so much. Sure. Have a great day. And Bye. now let's go from Matt's over to Sherry's. Hi, Sherry. Hi, Mike. Hi. Uh, I'm wondering, well, speaking of wondering, I have a wondering Jew that popped up in my yard. I didn't plant it, and I'm very grateful for it, but I don't know what to do to make sure it comes back next year. Should I cover it up? Should I cut a piece off to try to? preserve it or what 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 should i do yeah it's not going to survive outside so if it's a classic it was probably a piece that was broken off by a bird or something was going to use it for a nesting situation and then mm -hmm. when it was flying over just dropped it and that's how it ended up in your yard but what you can do is just cut you know cut it off the stem just right where it comes up out of the ground bring it inside and put it in a glass of water and just let okay. it root into the glass of water Okay, and then I also have lupine flowers. Now, when I cut the, cut some of them back, they died off. So should I just let them just stay up on the stalk for next year? 
they'll come back because I, I planted them from seed and they're perennials. Right. So what do I do? So they're probably okay if they're perennials. So it's just lupins just, I mean, they're a little bit iffy here. But I would say you can cut the flowers off, but that's an aesthetic thing. You don't have to do that for the overall health. Okay. Okay, well, thank you so much, and have a great day. Yeah, my pleasure. And now let's see. Where can we get to? Let's go over to uh, Mary's yard. Hi, Mary. Hey, good morning. I love your show. I called to talk elephant ears with you. Ah. I I have had great success leaving them in the ground outside. Yes. Um, and I live up in Troy, so I'm north. Um, you plant them on the south side of your house, and then up against the house, like I might be two feet off the off the actual house itself, so it has room to fill out. And then in the fall, once they die back, we have that one frost, and they all fall over. Right. Cut them off, and then when I put my mulch on top, um, they're in an area with rubber mulch. So I take a whole bag, I don't open it, and I put it right on top of the plant. Wow. And then in the spring, when they start popping up, you'll see them come up from underneath the, around the side of the bag of mulch. Uh-huh. Then I just cut that bag of mulch open and lay it over it, and then it just grows up through that. Now, it does whatever's left over in the ground that isn't deep enough will turn to mush. And sometimes I have to, in the spring dig out some of that mush but the roots that have gone deep enough they survive and they come back wow wee, the only that's thing I great. Have, yeah oh i love it <laughs> and i even had that work for me up in paris missouri which is quite a bit further north than here oh you're kidding Mm-mm. so i know you can do it the one thing i tried and i've been unsuccessful with is my banana trees. Oh, yeah. Right. No matter what I've tried, they don't survive. Right. But I understand that. They're so full of water, you know. Right. But you can bring those elephant ears back year after year. Now, you're going to have to feed them more because they'll be in the same spot next year, and they're not going to do as well. So you got to give them more happy juice is what I call it, you know, <laughs> and whatever your miracle grow is or right. if you're using fish oil or whatever, you know. But, yeah, so they will need extra feeding in the years to come, but I've had mine out front of our house for seven years now. Well, that sounds great. I've the one, I have some that are, uh, you know, on the south side, protected by a neighbor's uh, house, so they uh-huh. should be okay. The ones along the street, I'll just have to see what happens with them. Right, they might maybe two bags of mulch on them. <laughs> Seriously, because they'll need extra. Now you're by the street, so the concrete's going to warm in the winter. Right. So that's kind of a good thing. But, yeah, the ones on the south side of your house, you'll have a great great chance of bringing those back next year. Well, great. It can be done. Thanks, Mary. <laughs> Sounds perfect. Okay, have a great day. Yep, Mike Miller, KMR's Garden Hotline, back after these messages. This is the St. Louis Composting Garden Hotline with Mike Miller on the voice of St. Louis KMOX. Let's go over to Chris's yard. Chris, how are you today? Hey, Mike, how you doing? Good. Hey, I got a question. Um, I've called in several times asking about transplanting cedar trees on my property. Uh-huh. And I, I came to the conclusion that I can dig them up, dig around them, but I can't pick them up. And I've been trying to find a tree service that would come out and pick them up and move them for me or transplant them. And I, everybody I call says, no, we don't do that. So is, do you, are you familiar or aware of anybody that might do that in the area? 
Uh, now, how big are these trees that you're moving? Well, it, I'd like to ask those guys what's the biggest tree I can move, you know, and, right. and do something reasonable. So I mean, I mean if if I can't get somebody, I'll do something small. But yeah, I you know I was hoping to do a bigger tree. Yeah, you might try Gamma Tree Service and see what they say. Gamma, okay, right. Um, and I have a second question. I have a an area that I'm trying to do some work in, and I have ground hornets and wasps because it's a wet area. You have any ideas on what to hit those guys with to get rid of them so I can? can finish the job there or should i just wait till winter yeah i would wait till winter that's the best thing to do okay all right I mean, you can use repellents you can use killers and everything else but why not let the weather take care of it good point yeah okay i i thought that was the right conclusion thanks right. have a good day sure thanks chris and now let's go over to mary's yard hi mary hi mike hi i have a peace plant that's a couple weeks ago, I watered it with some miracle Grow, and now it's been really droopy ever since, and it's got brown leaves on it. Is there any way I can save it? Sounds like you overwatered it. Probably. And so basically what you did is you rotted the root system, so recovery uh, may be a little bit iffy. I would just okay. definitely don't water it for a considerable amount of time. The leaves that are brown are not going to get green again. It's going to have to be some from new growth. New growth is going to have to come from the root system. And if the root system is totally rotted, then you're not going to get any new growth. Oh, okay. Um, and I did add a little, um, I guess, potting mix just to see if that would have helped. But I guess that wasn't the right thing to do either. No. Once no. the roots okay. are rotted, it doesn't matter what you do. Okay. Well, thank you very much, Mike. Thank yeah. you for your show. Sure, my pleasure. And Bye-bye. now let's go over to Joe's yard. Hi, Joe. Yeah, good morning, Mike. Good morning. I've got a 24-year-old pin oak, extremely tall, and I've detected lately that I'm getting these walnut-sized nuts out in my yard. I don't know if it's coming from the pin oak or the squirrels are transporting them over here. Um, I know what acorns look like, right. but this particular nut is about the size of a large walnut, just under a golf ball size, and it dries up and it splits open into quarters, and there's a nut inside. Is that being derived from the pin oak, or is that coming from some other tree? Uh, that, that, at first, when you started describing it, I thought you were describing galls, but uh, galls don't have nuts on the inside of them. No, this is a this is a nut. It's a very large, like I say, like a small golf ball, and uh, it seems to uh, reach a point where it dries and it splits open, and there's a seed, a large seed in there. Hmm. Probably, but it's, it, it, I, I don't know if it's being derived from the pin oak or if it's being imported here by the squirrels. And they're picnicking in my yard. <laughs> yeah, it doesn't sound like it's coming from the you know from your oak tree for sure. So, okay. uh, is there any walnuts or anything around close? Not that I know of. Oh, really? So I would just gather a couple of them and uh, go you know go to the university or go to the county extension service and have them identify it for you. Okay. Okay. All right. I'll give that a try and uh, see if we get some uh, identification on it. 
Thank you for your service, Mike. Sure, my pleasure. And Ruth, can you do it really quickly? The man that called in about the hornets, the only thing that will kill those things is kerosene into the ground, you know, the ground hornets. Now, I've used it even in a spray, a cheap sprayer, if they're flying about, but it's kerosene. Okay. okay? All right. Great. All right. Thanks. Mm-hmm. Bye. Thanks to everybody for calling in and uh, enjoy the first weekend of fall. Hey, yeah. I was glad to see summer going because it was so hot a couple different days. But uh, just keep an idea or keep the, keep in mind that the warm season weeds are still out there and they're still growing and they're producing flowers and they're producing seeds. And then these are the annual warm season weeds. And that's things like ragweed and all the kinds of grasses. Mike Miller, KMOX Garden Hotline. See you next week. This episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Whether you love true crime or comedy, celebrity interviews or news, you call the shots on what's in your podcast queue. And guess what? Now you can call them on your auto insurance, too, with the Name Your Price tool from Progressive. It works just the way it sounds. You tell Progressive how much you want to pay for car insurance, and they'll show you coverage options that fit your budget. Get your quote today at Progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law. T-Mobile has invested billions to light up America's largest 5G network from big cities to small towns, including right here in yours. And great coverage is just the beginning. Right now, families and small businesses can save up to 20% versus AT&T and Verizon when they switch. Visit your local T-Mobile store today. Plan savings with three lines of T-Mobile essentials versus comparable available plans. Plan features and taxes and fees may vary. (sighs) Spring is a time of renewal, so why not refresh your home with a little help from Blinds.com? We make getting custom window treatments a minor project with major impact. Choose from premium blinds, shades, and shutters. We even have options for your patio, too. Blinds.com invented a better way to shop for custom window treatments. There's no pushy salespeople in your home or inflated showroom prices. Our design experts can help you find the perfect window treatments on your schedule. We'll even send free samples directly to you. Plus, we can handle the measuring and installation for you. Unlimited window treatments installed for just one low cost. And with Blinds.com, you'll always get transparent pricing. No hidden fees. Our free shipping and 100% satisfaction guarantee can put the spring back into your step. And into your home, too. Shop Blinds.com right now and save up to 45%. Up to 45% off for a limited time at Blinds.com. Blinds.com. Rules and restrictions may apply.